There we go. Clean slate. Listen, speakoneers is a word. I don't know. What? It's a word in my vocabulary. Oh, and just accept okay. I was about to say, am I just about to learn something it. today? What's Define it. Speakoneers. Speakoneers. Like, listen, it's a mix between a group of musketeers that speak one for one and none for all. Oh. <laughs> Roughly 15 years from now, old Judah Ray Higgins. Is going to go through the archives of Cross Train. My dad's an idiot. He's going to listen <laughs> to this moment right here, and he's going to publicly disown you on whatever social media is the cream of the crop at that kidding. time. I'm just kidding. Because I live on the. We're actually a team. We're actually a team. It's Cross Train. That's where we're at right now, and we've we've been kind of in a recovery period over the past like almost month at this point because I don't know about y'all but like I still feel mentally winded at times from that uh, that Bible research episode and it, it was a good one of the I'm, historical I'm not gonna lie I'm really, I'm really proud of that one like not not of like myself specifically but I think that I think we all learned just a lot from that like we like it was a an active attempt to just learn new information because i mean the history of the bible isn't something that i feel like most people go out of their way to to study and, and learn about so that was good so we're still kind of in that recovery period we're still uh wanting to do some more like light-hearted topics in comparison to that uh, but we're going to be getting into the serious stuff eventually this is this fortnight's episode is going to be kind of an introduction to what will become a serious topic over the course of the next two to maybe three weeks, depending on how these recordings go, we're going to be talking about the relationship between like science and scripture, how yes. how they come together, how we foolishly try to pry them apart at times, and the the dangers of those two things um, when it comes to being in the world but not of it, and having this marriage between science and scripture. Because well, we'll get into that in the future. Today is going to be a little more lighthearted because we're going to be talking about aliens. We're going to be we're going to be talking about our crazy harebrained theories, but still manage to tie it back to scripture because hey, God's everywhere. Like there there's nothing beyond his grasp. So if you want to talk about any, any topic out there, you you can find uh, a way to apply scripture to it. Next week will be a little more serious. We'll be diving into like the actual like debates that exist within the scientific community, like the the worldly views out there. Uh, that say that like science opposes scripture. Uh, we'll be talking about that next week. But today, next fortnight, today's next fortnight. the fun day. Yeah, grab your tinfoil hats, boys. Today's the fun one. I didn't. Ha- I didn't bring mine. I'm sorry. I need to borrow mine from our, our mutual buddy Andrew. Yeah. I need to text him. Tell me to bring it. We can put so it. in. We there. need to make sure. Actually, I've got a picture. We can put in the Facebook group after this. We can. Somebody comment on one of the posts that Tanner's going to put up within the next day because they go up there daily. Should we put the picture? If our dearest friend in his tinfoil hat because it's I think happen. it's quite hilarious and I don't it's, think it's going to happen. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I'm sure we can get his permission. Well, we, who needs his permission? We're doing it. Whoa. Whoa. Oof. He'll be all right. He'll survive. Disclaimer. Uh, Cross training's <laughs> views are not uh, the same <laughs> as Tanner Higgins's views. He is, he is speaking independently and not of the podcast. Uh, I'm collective. not that authoritative here. <laughs> we will ask his permission, but you know, he'll be all right. So, yeah, as Matthew was talking about earlier that we talked about, uh, we wanted to get into a series of talking about the, 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 the correlation between science and religion and why not talk about some of the things that I think that 
automatically people disassociate with reality or disassociate with science and disassociate with religion. And so one of the things that I've seen a lot of times within this past year, and one of the two things we're going to talk about today, is over the mark of the beast and um, aliens, which are kind of very taboo conversations to have within the church, within within a lot of Christians, because it's just interpretive yeah. and weird. And speaking of like taboo uh, conversations, just to kind of tie us back today uh, to the last episode that we recorded uh, two weeks ago, there's a lot of there's a lot of topics within Christian communities that it just it's kind of just understood, quote unquote. I got my air quotes up there. Uh, that you just don't talk about it because it's not stuff that a, that a good Christian is supposed to be talking about. Because we, we got some feedback uh, on our, um, oh, what, what was the name Tattoos of the episode? And Ink and expletives, yeah. I think is what the, the name of the episode was. Uh, I don't know if, I don't think we got any emails, but I did have some face-to-face conversations with some people about how uh, maybe we uh, said some things we shouldn't have. And that's okay. I mean, we've got a, we got some different viewpoints out there. That's cool. I like people bouncing um, th- their logic off of mine, uh, even if we don't come to an agreement. That's fine. There's a different. What, what's the the phrase about interpretations of scripture? Is it there's one uh, one interpretation, interpretation, many applications, many applications. Controversial topics. It's what we're going to be talking about this yep, season. I mean, it, like it. it's that's what I mean. Goodness, that's one of the reasons Spice. that we started this podcast to begin with. We had uh, the sort of in-game intention of just having these sorts of conversations that you can only have between three people that know each other and are able to bounce off uh, these ideas that we might not all agree with ourselves. Yep. Uh, so we're going to be continuing that trend into this one, where we're talking about aliens of all things. So here's a question: Is the COVID vaccine the mark of the beast? Yes. Uh-huh. That was very uh-huh. quick. Uh-huh. So Tanner's got the mark of the beast. Wait. No, I don't. I don't. No. I'm not marked. So I, uh, I am still a lamb of God. Matt, so Matthew, Matthew sorry, I got two you of are Matthew's mark. Why you've am I been sitting beside him? <laughs> you're, you're of the devil. So here, here, here's a statement that the reason why we kind of brought this in the, into into header because when the conversation and, and when COVID started coming out and stuff like that, the big thing that I saw on social media and like news articles saying that those that get the COVID vaccine or even COVID-19 itself is a mark of the beast. And I'm thinking, where are they getting this biblically first off? And like, they would go on this all things like you take the COVID and you put that in a numerical order and you add 19 to it. And then you subtract this number and you do this and this and this, and it gets the number six, six, six. I mean, you can play with numbers all day long and, Get, six, get six, whatever you but, want. So the mark of the beast is basically a lot of these things that I hear. And like all, all throughout history, you get people like when the credit cards first came out, which obviously we were, I wasn't really aware of this. I mean, I don't think I was around when credit cards came in. Uh, people thought that that was the mark of the beast. When RFID devices, GPS and microchips. And I think Matthew, was it Matthew that you told me one time that when they put, that they're implanting, when they do the test, the COVID test, they're putting that, putting that little, swab in your nose that's going all the way into your third eye, your pituitary gland, and then placing some form of pheromone to place as a mark of the beast upon you just to get COVID tested. Now, there's there's not a shortage at all of, like, a strangely vocal minority of the uh, Christian. I'm going to throw air quotes up on that. Uh, community just going crazy about conspiracy theories because it's not just only Christians. I think a lot of people that you know that love, which I love my conspiracy theory. I'll I'll watch documentaries over JFK's assassination all oh, day dude. long. Oh, I'm so into those. I mean, yeah. I, I love it. So I mean, the stuff with the conspiracy stuff and like trying to p- 
pinpoint each thing. So when we talk about the mark of the beast, I want to make this note is that let's not get into exactness and propheticness and prophetic teachings, but on the principle of such thoughts and said sayings and teachings, if that makes any sense. Like we're not here to say, okay, 666, the mark of the beast is the Pope, you know, or this, 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 this is uh, the beast and this and this, this is, but it's more of like awareness of certain principles of your life of what the mark of the beast is and what the mark of the lamb is. So let me just read real quick, Revelation chapter 13, um, what where the mark of the beast comes from. So Revelation chapter 13, starting verse 16, he says, he required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to be given a mark on the right hand and on the forehead. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number represented in his name. Wisdom is needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast, for is the name the number of a man. His ne- his number is six six six. Okay, so this is where a lot of the today's people are getting the association of like you can't go on a cruise, you can't go on a flight without having your your vaccination card. You can't do things, and you know people. Uh, use a little bit of hyperbole and a little speculation of like, well, you can't buy nothing. You can't go into a grocery store without having your COVID vaccine. You can't do anything without having a mask on. And so this is where people automatically assume that the vaccine or the, or the COVID test or whatever associated with COVID is associated with the mark of the beast that you can't buy or sell or do anything without the mark of the beast. The real mark of the beast is pants. Pants. Yeah. Because everyone has to wear those or they can't go into the store. Yeah. Some stores let you go in without a mask. But you got to be wearing pants and all of them. So here's the question. Uh, one thing that I think a lot of people like would people like, like numbers and stuff like that. But what about 666? What's this number about? Well, it's just the number before seven. It's not a complete number because seven's like the, the holy number of completion, ain't it? Okay, yeah. I thought you were being very sarcastic there. <laughs> oh, no, the, I mean, seriously. Like, as as far as I know, I mean, yeah, it's like named yeah. in Scripture that like the 666. But like the isn't... Cut it's me the off. number of incompletion. Yeah. So here, okay, here's cool. That's what I was about to say. So, so here's cool. some, here's some things too that to be noted that you know some a lot of scholars eschatological scholars have said that the number six represents man, and you know and which means that you know man was created on the sixth day and seven is where God rested. I mean the holy number of completion. I mean that mean that makes sense. And, I've heard that a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I mean heard that parallel before. That's cool. Uh, so the seven is associated with God, and six. I've heard people make the comment, and scholars say that study a lot of the eschatological end time, saying that six 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 is the man trying to be Trinity like God is trying to be like God. So it's like the three, like six is uncle is is a man trying to be like God. And so that's like a representation of a, of a man trying to overpower God or be like God. And this is where, like a lot of people say, that the number 666 is like the Pope. And so it's a representation that people would say. that would associate. And we're not saying that. We're not pointing fingers. We're just saying that where they could get this number from. So it is associated. This number is associated with, with the Antichrist. And some say it's been uh, has been Nero, the Pope, Ronald Reagan even. Check this out. Check this out. That some Greek manuscripts in this text say that Revelation and the number six 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 in some manuscripts it says six one six. So does that matter? When you say some manuscripts, what do you mean? Greek old Greek manuscripts. So like the original, right? Like some of the original, like you know certain copies. Some some were either misprinted or some people put six one six instead of six 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 and as the mark of the beast. Hmm. So what do you think about that? I don't know because like I don't. I don't see any like 
super intrinsic meaning within like the number 666 other than like just that metaphorical concept of it's an incomplete number because it's one less than seven so like i don't know like yeah. I, that, call me a heretic for this opinion maybe but like i also don't care yeah so to throw some actual scripture out there um we have Revelations thirteen eighteen, the last verse of the chapter, uh, that actually mentions the number, and it says, "Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is six six six. So the mark of the beast, the dude, whoever's going to be the beast, which, like we said, we're not here to to solve the end time problems here, is probably going to be a man. Um, did you have a comment with that? I was wanting to go to the next verse, but for some reason it's not located. That should be chapter 14. Isn't it? Yeah, and it's just talking about um, the 144,000, the Jews, being on Mount Zion. And then it says, having his father's name written on their foreheads. So I don't know if that's trying to talk about a holy mark. So yeah, so the, a mark is given to those who totally give themselves over to worship and to that power. And so you have two different marks, it seems like, in the book mm-hmm. of Revelation. You have the bark of the beast, which is was mentioned in Revelation 13, 16 through 18. Mm-hmm. And then the mark of the lamb, which is also mentioned in Revelation chapter 7, saying that those that are marked by the lamb of God will be sealed and those will be protected. So you've got two different marks. I mean, people don't talk about the mark of the lamb, the mark of Christ. And I think that those that are believers have that mark. I mean, it's not like he's going, Jesus is going around and uh, marking us with stamps on our hands, on our heads, and saying you're cleared. That's a tattoo gun. Yeah, Tat- well, a simpler way to put it, I mean, just because I know a lot of this stuff can go over a lot of people's head, and I know a lot of this stuff can go over mine too. Um, you can kind of look at it like the mark of Christ's blood at salvation. Yeah. And those who have accepted will have spiritually the mark of his blood, you know, covering the sin, and then those who have not accepted that well, not. I mean, that's just kind of a, a, a not a downplay, but a simplified. Well, people version. think of the mark of the beast or just the mark in itself. All of Revelation, let's just say that planet is like a literal interpretation of things. Is that people don't think it metaphorically, so people automatically assume that the mark is going to be a literal mark upon your body, or that's why I like some people like are afraid to get tattoos because they think, well, what if I get something that's a mark of the beast? What if that's just you know, indirectly, a mark of the beast that I get on my body. I mean, like, well, that's kind of s- silly to think about because, I mean, that's not really someone putting that upon you. That's you doing it yourself. But needless to say, people automatically literally think this is what this is. So but when we talk about prophecies and the beast and the mark thereof, could be representing a current age of when Revelation was written for John, uh, which was like, not what, 90 AD? Is that right? Somewhere on there. I think so. That sounds yeah, right. 60 to 90. Yeah, I think 60 is to 90 the range when, that they give it. Between like a current age of then, a past age, to a current age of now. And so this is one thing when it comes to the beast is not confined to a Roman empire, but it refers to Rome in Revelation, but applies to every evil manifestation through the history until the end of time. And so when it talks about the beast, it's not just really talking about one specific individual but it could be also representing someone throughout the past. That's why people have correlated it with Hitler, correlated it with uh, Nero, have correlated it with, for some odd reason, I don't know why, Ronald Reagan, and the popes and all these things throughout times, that, that any evil manifestation that has the buy, sell, whatever, as the beast and the mark of the beast thereof. So now, but when you're exactly right, I think that the mark of the lamb, you are sealed by that through the power of Christ. And I think that 
when we are sealed by the grace of God and the blood of Christ, so to think that the vaccine, if we are sealed by, by the blood of Christ, correct? I mean, there's nothing that can separate us. Not, not no man, no power above or below can separate us from the hands of God, correct? If we believe that and hold to that, and if God's grace is so strong, then why the heck do we want to say that the vaccine is going to remove us from God's grace? If we are a Christian and we believe that God can that has saved us from eternal uh, uh, punishment uh, of, of eternal death, why would we say, man, I don't want to get the vaccine because that's going to make me the mark of the beast and I'm going to go to hell for it. Or I don't want to get you know uh, a, a credit card or a GPS or whatever, all these microchips implanted into my body because that's the mark of the beast and that's going to signify that I'm a servant of the devil and I'm no longer to be a Christian. I mean, is God's grace so weak? To, hold, to not hold you because you get a vaccine. It almost feels just pointlessly exhausting to even like debunk that dumb theory in the first place because this sort of theory pops up every couple of years, like yeah. the whole Mark of the Beast thing. It, it's happened enough times that I can name two specifically within my lifetime. Because, like, I mean, I remember being in, in middle school and hearing people, uh, not just middle schoolers, like the crazy teachers that wouldn't keep their thoughts to themselves, um, like saying that, I think this was in like 2009, 2010, that there was this thing called the fairy chip and we're all going to have it implanted and it's going to act as like a, a credit card that, that's on you at all times and you won't be able to go to stores without it, blah, 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 blah. They said it was it was going to guarantee cause cancer. It would kill off like half of the U.S. population. Like it was just this super absurd theory that if, like, as I say, like who believes this stuff? But people unironically are like, oh yeah, it's it's the mark of the beast. Everyone's gonna have to get it. It's gonna take over the world. Like this this happens every couple of years. Like people just like to say, oh, you see, that's the end times right there. That's the end times. It's now take nothing this is new. one thing that here's here's a new one that's coming up. Here's my prediction, my prophecy, is that within the next couple of years, there's have you have you all ever heard of the Human Genome Project? Yeah, Dr. Collins. Yeah. So. Anyway, so this is basically when they talk about genome splicing and stuff like that, is that this is like the new upcoming thing in the medical technology is that when, when, they, when they do the genome, they can look at a human genome and basically tell you what is wrong with that individual or what's going to happen. So it's like when you go to a doctor's office or go to the ER and you say, I've got a sick tummy, you know, their chances of diagnosing, check this, what do you think the percentage of them correctly diagnosing you the first time? I really want to get this right. I say forty. I mean, I feel like that's oh, kind yeah, of high. I'm going to go lower than that. I'm going to say twenty-six. Twelve. Wow. Twelve percent. Twelve percent. First diagnosis time. The, the accuracy of that. So just think about that. But the genome project is basically going and saying they look at like everything of your of your genome and say, okay, this is what's wrong with you. We can fix you right here, right now. And so you can do this test like $10,000 now. That's expensive. But the insurance companies in this human genome project is trying to get it to where it's like $100 a test. And like $100 a test and basically tell you what your future diseases will be and what you are, that's pretty significantly awesome. But the insurance companies are going to make it to where it's like you have to go if to get insurance, get medical insurance, you have to have this. You have to get a, your genome tested. And so I, I, I predict that in the future, the next Mark of the Beast will be this genome uh project splicing thing so whatever it's going to call whatever they're called it but that's the next mark of the trend beast. of the beast yes. you know what i just heard you say the real mark of the beast is capitalism <laughs> no corporate big corporate money grabbing uh pharmaceutical capitalism sucks
when you spend okay i know this is totally not a, not <laughs> yeah, on topic we're getting real spicy we're getting real right spicy now. i'm just saying when when you are basically up charging 600% on life saving drugs such as insulin and epinephrine when that should never be the mandatory that should never be the top tier thing that you should look for is money over someone's life just saying when you're spending hundreds of dollars on epinephrine when it costs a fraction of that Okay, that's my pistol. This Fortnite's episode brought to you by Ooh. Karl Marx. Anyways, anyways, no. <laughs> Off my pedestal of that. Um, I don't think personally that like the mark of the beast is going to be the singular thing anyway. No. Like because I mean, keep in mind, if, out of all the things in Revelation, you really want to take the mark of the beast literally. Like the, I mean, it's like you said already. Um, something you said something along the lines of like there's the mark of the lamb mark of the beast like it, it's your loyalty yeah like the mark of, the beast. of worship like who do you worship basically yeah. like who where do your loyalties lie yeah with the world or with god yeah. like that's mark of the lamb mark of the beast it just you're not saved like that's that's what it tells me personally and i think that here's the one thing that i think that we should we can all take comfort in when we talk about when people talk about revelation i think revelation when it's preached behind the pulpit or whatever i think people get jittery I think people get scared. It's like, oh, the end times, it's 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 here, boys. And I think a lot of times with COVID-19 this past year, people have been, been trying to put dots together and trying to figure out this is the end times, boys. And I'm not going to say, listen, we've been living in the end times since 2000, since 2000 years ago when Jesus arose from the dead and said, I'm coming back soon. Get yeah. ready. We've been living in the end times since then. Just want to point that out. Every generation thinks they're the last yeah. and every generation wants to be the last because you can't comprehend death it's not something that you can like see coming it's not something that you can ever really be ready for in a physical sense at least so i think there's a little bit of comfort within the panic of thinking like oh the world's going to end while i'm alive yeah. because i can't fathom the concept of dying well i think we should take comfort in in the mark of the beast and the mark of the lamb because of like Knowing that I have the mark of the lamb upon my life and upon my heart, then I don't have to worry about the mark of the beast yeah. at all. I think I, I wrote down here in my notes in Romans chapter 8, it says that what shall uh, say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, then who can be against us? And I, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from, the, from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. I mean, how awesome is that? And no power in the sky above or in earth below, no COVID vaccine, no RFID chips, no nothing implanted in your body or placed upon your body. Uh, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So to me, that gives me comfort that I don't have to worry about the mark of the beast. And I think me and uh, uh, Mason were talking about like even the monster drink. Some people thought that the monster drink was the mark of the beast. Like don't drink the monster drink because it has 666 in Hebrew. Is that correct? Yeah, I've got the whole article pulled up. Um, so... Early 2010s, probably 2000, I think Monster really started its branding. Yeah, its branding really got started around 2014s when it apparently really got big. So this probably came out a little bit after that. Um, but pretty much, yeah, the green M that is the you know famous logo for Monster, if separated, because you can see that you can kind of if you look at the logo, you see that they're not really together. They're like claw marks. Yeah, they're like yeah. claw marks. Is what that's it what I always like. thought them to be. Well, it's a monster. If you are to look up an image of numbers in Hebrew, you will see that the number six is very, very similar to one of those claw marks. And so what 
really what happens is is this this one lady made a big you know video about it or whatever and it blew up and so she was talking about um how the claw marks or whatever the m is 666 the slogan for monster for those who don't know is unleash the beast the devil's drink so the devil's drink boys so i should have brought we should have brought one so we're talking about the beast already and then we got 666 all together but on top of that inside of the word monster that is underneath the so-called uh, mark of the beast the 666 logo inside of the o in monster is supposedly i don't really see this this well but if you look at it and i've got it right here the o is kind of flat at the top and it's got a line going horizontally through it and so that is apparently supposed to be a cross and when you drink it it goes upside down and so there you have a reversed cross an upside down cross and so you're like going against christ every so time you're you take paying a respects to peter every time you drink monster <laughs> I've never understood. I will never, as long as I live, understand how an upside-down cross has become like a satanic symbol. When Peter himself... It's how Peter desired to be crucified because he was unworthy to be crucified the same way that Jesus was. Like, how how is that Satan? I mean, don't get me wrong. Jesus did call Peter Satan once, so I guess there is a line to draw. But I'm not buying it. That's true. And then finally... I think I just proved the the theory as I was debunking it. Yeah. I don't know if this just came along after the fact or not, but in a lot of the commercials or advertisements that you'll see, you'll see this green eye glow like a dragon's head or dragon's eye. So there you have what they will picture as a beast, because that's what most people will reference a dragon as. It's the Leviathan. So let me let me let me ask this. And like we said, we're not going to try to point any kind of prophetic fingers and try to figure things out. So should Christians buy monster drink? Is this the mark of the beast, or should should we even be concerned about this as a monster drink? Or is this just a product of advertisement? Christians drink rock star because Jesus is a rock star. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Don't drink energy drinks, people. They're bad for you. Come on. Coffee. Yeah, coffee. Good Lord put coffee, coffee beans on planet Earth. That's what you need to be drinking. Did he put monster trees? No, he didn't. Yeah. Coffee. So imagine if our Christian view of the end times was centered on preparing for Christ rather than the Antichrist. Centered on the mark of the lamb rather than the beast. Centered on preparing for redeeming the earth rather than escaping it. Centered on hope rather than fear. And so that's one thing that I totally agree with that. I totally 100% agree with that, that Christians, we need to start re- remembering that revelation should never be a time of fear. When we read that, we should never be fearful of the mark of the beast or the beast or the or the, the, the dragon, the uh, seven-headed beast, you know, whatever. Uh, but we need to take comfort in the hope that Jesus will redeem the earth without the help or with or whatever of us. You know, it's it's it, it's it's all centered around Christ and Him redeeming uh, His creation. So I mean, we don't have to worry about the mark of the beast. If you're if you are a Christian and you believe in Christ, you should not be fearful of drinking a monster drink. You should never be fearful because you are liberated from the blood of Christ to getting a tattoo. Being fearful if that's going to be something that's the mark of the beast, you should be fearful of doing whatever people say, getting a vaccine or computer chip in your body because that's the mark of the beast. Because you are bought by the blood of Christ, not by the mark of the beast. When it comes to those like crazy harebrained theories that somehow manage to just take the the internet by storm and everyone and their mom is talking about it the next day. Like the thought that comes to mind for me is 
how is God getting the glory from this discussion? Like you freaking out over a couple symbols on a monster energy can. Like how, what kind of ministry is that to the non-believer? Like what is Christianity to the people that, that see that from the outside looking in? And like, oh, look at those Christians freaking out because monster energy drink? Like that, how is that bringing glory to God? How is that promoting God's kingdom? Like the, it seems so non-Christian to me, to be honest. That's not the kind of outlook that a believer should have. Because like you said, Tanner, like we have the mark of the lamb. We have that comfort. This isn't something that should concern us. Now, if if three people wanted to off microphone talk about those sorts of things and just bounce crazy conspiracy theories off each other, that's one thing. But when push comes to shove, when we you know the tires hit the road, it's time to, you know, why are we talking about this? Yeah. Like if think about God's kingdom, man. Like the, you're representing Christ at all times as a Christian. So spend a little less time fear mongering over signs on a drink can. <laughs> like, that's that's about where my logic starts and ends with that. First off, Monster's not even that good. Red Bull, if you drink energy drinks, Red Bull's probably my favorite. But I haven't drank energy drinks in a long time. So just talking about it makes my blood pressure go up. There's some like organic energy drinks though. They're pretty good. Yeah, it's called coffee. <laughs> Okay, yeah, true. How about we talk about aliens? Aliens. All right, so I got another statistic for you. Here's a number. What do you think the percentage of Christians believe that there are extraterrestrial life forms? Mm. Christians, and this is including Methodist, Baptist, and, and stuff like that, Church of Christ, Church of God. How, what do you think the percentage altogether? Can I, get, can I ask for one hint in the form of is it over or under 20%? Over. That's what I thought. I thought it'd be over 20 Mm. I'm going to say 32. What do you think, Mason? Almost like something stupid, like 65. Matthew, you hit it right in the nail. What? <laughs> 32%? 32? Yes! 32%. I was yes! really hoping it wouldn't be high. Well, that's comforting knowing it's that low. But... 32%. So... so. Since since we're somewhat free, since, since we're somewhat in the realm of, of Baptist, the study I saw, I think the the Baptists were the lowest number. It was like twenty nine percent of the whole uh, realm of that study of the of the Christian. Uh, and I, obviously, I think atheists were like the highest number at like fifty nine percent, and I think Muslims were like forty four percent. But I mean, like Christians, I mean, come on, guys, thirty two percent. That's impressive. Let's put those numbers those are, up. Those are rookie numbers. Rookie Gotta numbers. Pump those numbers up. I mean, have we seen? Have we not seen the movie E. T. Phone home, my fellow boys. Yeah. And what's that? A Steven Spielberg uh, uh, encounter of the of, of the third kind. The third encounter of the fifth kind. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's know it's an alien about, movie. Yeah. It's an alien movie. So here's the thing: when it comes to aliens and stuff like that, and like. I just want to make a disclaimer right up front is that me personally, and I, I, don't want, I want you all's opinions too. Me personally, I have not seen any evidence to say that there are aliens. And so right now I will say in my belief, I don't think there are aliens in this universe that exist that are higher extraterrestrial life forms like us. That's just my personal belief. I don't think there are people out there. Uh, doing things on another planet. What's what's y'all's comments? What do you think? There's extraterrestrial life forms. Let's say intelligent life forms off of this earth. No. No. <laughs> just that simple. No. I want to say yes, just to be like the one of us that says yes, but I eh, I doubt it. Yeah. Okay. So, I, and, and this is one thing. I, and, the, and the reason why and this is not the topic of this 
discussion, but one reason why I think that why we are so special is because of the way that this earth is formed and the way that the moon and the way that we are associated within the solar system that like we are very finely placed and finely tuned to create life. Uh, and I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I think uh, Seth had a sermon that he, he, he said he said that the most conservative number of stars in the universe is like what 400 yeah, to like, 600 billion yeah. of like that yeah that's a very conservative <laughs> number very conservative. so i mean if this is if that's accurate that's 400 to 600 billion stars that are you know on the range from the sun to smaller to bigger that have orbiting celestial beings such as planets and and whatnots and so there's probability that there could be some form of of life form i think there's a uh a mathematical equation called the Drake equation, basically saying the probability of intelligent life in the Milky Way. And it has like all these numbers and whatnots. But the question that arises to question to Christians, to Christians, to Christians, is that this is all hypothetical stuff. Put your temple heads on. I mean, come on. Is that if aliens existed, if 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 you know little green man came down and said, Hello, show me to your leader, would this be a problem for Christianity? And I think that's a big question that you know. And, and I think here, here, here's the reason why I think it's good to ask these hard and weird questions, is that not the question itself, but what the question relates to, such as if aliens do exist, is this a problem for God's existence? If aliens is, exist, is this a problem for Christ's atonement? Is if aliens exist, is this a problem for Christ? Like, what well, if this happens, which we don't know, but yet I have a good assumption. Will this be a problem for Christianity? And so, what's what's y'all's thoughts initially? When before we start, you know, I, I I give you some points and we'll talk about it. I don't think it affects Scripture. I don't think it affects the the truth that we perceive to be the truth through Scripture. Okay, so you, I mean, I don't think that the existence of aliens would affect Christianity in the least. Definitely okay. wouldn't affect mine. What about you, Mason? I would say not because it doesn't. Even if there is something outside of it, everything in Scripture still holds true. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that can be disproved if there were another life form other than humans outside of Earth that had some sort of intelligence to the to the understanding that we do yeah. anyway. And I I think there are I think there is life forms such as you know uh, fungi and floral things out in other planets too. I don't but I don't think there are intelligent life forms such as us that are reaching out seeking to touch other life forms on other planets you know uh but let, let me let me let me let's talk let me talk, let's talk about this for a second so the study of science has just drastically changed the way that we see our observable universe within the past thousands of thousands of years correct i mean ancient biblical science viewed a three-tiered earth system uh you know that was based on the common observation of the people of that time and then it moved on to a flat earth theory and there's people today that still believe in a flat earth and they're Daggum nuts. Um, then they went to a geocentric model, which is basically saying that the Earth is a globe that is in the center of the universe. And they went to a heliocentric uh, system, which is the sun is the cent- center of our uh, solar system. And so it's like it seems like as progression of studying the outer side of this planet, they start learning more and more of exactly what's going on. And so scripture, when we're talking about scripture, and this is like, I guess, a precursor when we talk about religion and science, is that when scripture is written, we got to understand that they are based, they're not basing their information off of what we have now. They're basing the offer up that information over the observation that they see at that time. 
And so they think when they talk about the firmament, firmament being over the earth and under the earth, they think there's a body of water over the dome. And that's what that blue is during the day. And then as night rolls on, that cloud, it pushes over. So, I mean, they're not seeing reality. They're seeing reality as they see it, not as it really is. The truth is the god Helios carries the sun behind his chariot pulled by seven golden horses. And that is the day and night cycle, obviously. This is not a Greek god study. This is the almighty god study. I'm just saying ridiculousness to be out here. True, true. Uh, of course, <laughs> the very nature of science, though, is that it changes all the stinking time. Yeah. Like, the basis of it is to have that open mind of, like, hey, this is what we figured out with the information and technology we have now. But, like, that could change within five seconds. I mean, going back to how conspiracies around the, the COVID vaccine uh, came out, people were having trouble believing that coronavirus was even real in the first place yeah. because we were learning what it was at the same time as the scientists. And scientists are used to getting new information all the time and completely changing their theories based off of that because what are you going to do? Just ignore information as it comes in because you don't want to admit that, oh, okay, we weren't right when we had four pieces of information, but now that we have 400 pieces of information, we're a little more uh, confident. No, people don't operate like that. Like, you either have to, you either have the, the right answer the first time or you can no longer be trusted ever again. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's just how science works. Well, we've talked about it before in the past when we talk about Scripture, you know, is the way that God reveals himself. He reveals himself through Scripture, and he also reveals himself through a general revelation, through nature. And so when, when we have these things such as Scripture and we have nature, there's a human interpretation between both of those. And over time, we see science being, you know, uh, we see that through nature and science that humans are interpreting what they see and what they observe. And science, their main goal is to understand physical reality. And scripture, their main goal is to understand spiritual reality. And what our job is, is that, guess what? They don't conflict. Because if God is God and God is almighty and he's creating both the, the words that are coming off the pages into our hearts through the word of God and of nature then they should correlate exactly with each other. So when we see Scripture conflicting with science, it could be just us, or it could be something completely different. Y'all will hear me say this a lot next episode, that there is a difference between man-made science and real science. The man-made science is just exactly what Tanner explained. Like That is the science that people have just come up with because they don't have any other answer. And it's a lot of them, uh, not all of not uh, not all scientists, but a lot of them will call themselves an atheist, and so they'll refuse to look at scriptural backgrounds and stuff. Like there will still be scientists try to disprove um, a great flood, but yet there is proof of an, a giant ark from mm. historic times found on the side of a mountain in Ariat. Yeah, in Ariat. So I didn't know Turkey. exactly where it was at, and yeah, Turkey. So, but yet they'll just try to ignore that. Like, oh, like that's just, it just, it's just there, you know, it's, it's just there. So real science, like Tanner just kind of described, is going to be what you can actually see and observe because a perfect God isn't going to make an imperfect world. And I say that to the point of... Where we made it imperfect because of sin. Yes. I, I mean that, I mean that in the point that our atmosphere is literally lined up perfectly that if it was altered uh with uh the levels of co2 the levels of oxygen or whatever like that the ozone layer was tweaked just a little bit radiation would come in and blast all of us to death yeah and this is one thing like when you talk about human-made science and stuff like that and this is where i'm not trying to get political or nothing like that and i know we, we're going to talk about aliens here in a second 
is that when it talk about like uh, you know the global warming, mm-hmm. in that sense, when all the blame is shifted onto humans, saying that global warming is completely man made's fault. It's like it's your fault completely. That I think you are definitely bending reality of that. Of it, that, it, that then it becomes man made science. That that global warming is a natural occurrence through time. That through certain catastrophic events and through the nature of the way that the earth rotates and the way that the, it has cycles, that it is also a natural forming, a natural uh, occurrence for global warming to happen. Not that we've helped it with our carbon mm-hmm. emissions, but just saying that yeah. we've ha- helped it. Not along. to stay on this too long, just because like this will be this is more of a next episode thing. But you're right; it's it's more of a natural thing than it is a humanities thing. Yeah, I'm keeping humani- my comebacks in the chamber for so, next. So, but here, here, here's one thing: but I wanna, humanity definitely uh, has a part in it. Yeah, I'm so not going to go. So that. Here, here's a here's a principle uh, behind behind this is that when it comes to uh, young earth creationist and an old earth creationist and the reality of God is that as long as you, when it, when say, say I'm an old earth creationist in which spoiler alert, I'm an old earth creationist. You're a young earth creationist. Correct Mason. Mm-hmm. So I'm neither. So, but we could, we could talk about Matthew's that later. Just here. Yeah, he's just here. So here's my, com- here's my comment when it comes to old earth and young earth. And this is one thing I stand by is that as long as you believe that God can create the earth in six literal days, then there shouldn't be a problem. Yes, correct. Because then God could make it in one day if he wanted to. Yeah, I was about to say, what if I believe he could he make it in three? He could have made it in one snap or one word. Yeah, I mean, He could have made it in one little big bang. I don't yeah. know. Wait, what? Oh, big bang. But, and this is one thing that too, that it, it irritates me is that, okay, let's not get on this topic because we're going to get about aliens. <laughs> but like, like I believe in the big bang, but not the way that the uh, secular scientists have cut labeled. The mic, cut the mic. Cut the mic. No, cut the mic. <laughs> no, as the secular scientists. Not the way that man science have yes. explained it. But yet, I believe at the very beginning, God created a huge bang that started the initial process of the universe. Anyways, so 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 so. so. <laughs> you know how many back to aliens. Just dropped half our listeners right here. I know. So like the last few minutes of the <laughs> Hey, I still believe in an all powerful God that has all things and he's sovereign and he's holy and sent his son Christ to die for our sins and he's coming back again. So there should hey, be no problem. Man. Should be no problem. Uh so here's the thing, when it comes to like aliens, and this is one of the thing like atheists and the reason why they, they, they kinda like the topic of extraterrestrial is in the sense of like if there is aliens that disproves that there is a God because why? Is because if there are aliens, then your life is insignificant. This planet is insignificant, and the God that cares so much for you doesn't exist. Yeah, I love how just like all of a sudden, if someone else comes into the picture, it's just like humanity is devalued yeah. at that point. It's just like human. Yeah, you don't care anymore. We don't care anymore or matter anymore because there's other life out there, and they just have to be above us because well, God doesn't love you if there's not just us. What? Yeah. Do do do. Uh, that's how frustrated I am with this. <laughs> Did they not realize about Jews and Gentiles? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, by that logic, like <laughs> anyone that lives in a continent outside of, well, Eurasia, like can't be saved because they weren't mentioned in the Bible. America's not in the Bible. Australia's not in the Bible. Antarctica's not in the Bible. 
Does that mean that they don't matter? That they're they're extras? Like they can't be saved because they're not mentioned specifically in scripture? Like scripture is pretty specific to like a certain bloodline because that's kind of the point of yeah. scripture. Scripture doesn't exist to explain like where life exists in the universe. It's, I mean, it's not like it's about this dude not just named Jesus that came along out of nowhere. So let me <laughs> let me get some scriptural references to some of the power of God has. So we believe, just like we said earlier, that that the word of God that he speaks through scripture. And then even though there are like ancient science, such as a three tiered earth system, that the truth of God is still within that. Right. Which is kind of weird, but yet it's the truth of God, even within uh, like a, an ancient science reality. But Genesis one, chapter one or chapter one, verse one, it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, that he created everything. The things that you see in the sky, the things that you see on earth created everything. Hebrews chapter 11, verse three is, is you know, I'm, paraphrasing some of these things says the entire universe was formed by god the entire universe entire universe psalm chapter 19 verse 1 heavens declare the glory of god so even the heavens itself so if it be little oet on a little planet declares god if he does exist so the question like i said before the question people ask if there's life if is there life on planet earth or is there life on planet earth is there i don't know quality life i don't know is there a life apart from Earth? That's the question. So we have, and this is where, like I said, we have no evidence or information that life does exist apart from Earth. Science can't even make its mind up on the origin of our Earth itself. You know, it's it's a, it's a beta thing. So to say that there's intelligent life outside of our Earth is is very mind-bendingly dumb to say that there is a definite answers, even if we see flying saucers, which, in my opinion... Those are like demons and stuff like that and oh, angels. Wait, what, no, okay, what? we're not getting on this topic right what? now. Th- that's my theory. That's my theory that the things, the UFOs that you see could be possible like demons and, and angels. Possible. That's my theory. There's no like definitive answer. That's just my little tinfoil hat answer. Anyways. Matthew, I don't think I've ever seen you look so dumb. Ma- yeah, Matthew looks dumb, dumbfuddled right now. Uh, yeah, I've never seen this from him. Not this severe. <laughs> Fascinating theory. <laughs> that's all it is is a theory I, there's no biblical standing behind it but yeah I mean, that's just I, my theory I respect the uh, the audacity of such a belief <laughs> the creativity well I mean I think demons are there to confuse and to uh, distort our thinking and I think that that's the one of the easiest ways that people can uh, that they could probably distort our view of God that there is aliens outside of this earth and if you're saying hey let's just confuse people uh, let's create little UFOs flying around saying there's little men. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to say yes or no. It's just like, that's just a fascinating theory. I mean, cool. JFK <laughs> was shot by an alien too. So, I mean, you know, there's yeah, that. Only they could get bullets that magic. <laughs> they fly around and zoop, 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 zoop. Oh, it's like uh, the arrow from the dude from the Guardians of the Galaxy. He just oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget what his name I'm is. I'm Mary Poppins, son. Yeah. Uh, oh, shoot. What is his name? The blue guy that has like the red afro or whatever. Yeah, no, afro yeah, mohawk. mohawk. Yes, yeah. I don't know why. I'm just stupid. <laughs> so, but if they do exist, if aliens do exist, and we're just going to take the assumption right now that aliens do exist, God intended to create them. Correct. If God does exist and God created all things, and if Scripture is inerrant as we believe, and if aliens do exist at the same time. God intended to create them. Check this out. Billy Graham, one of the most prestigious preachers and evangelists of our all times, he says, 
I firmly believe there are intelligent beings like us far away in space who worship God, but we have nothing to fear from these people like us. They are God's creation. Billy Graham. Billy Graham had a thought that there could be intelligent life outside of our earth. I mean, to say that Scripture disproves the possibility of intelligent life outside of Earth because it doesn't specify that there's intelligent life out of Earth, I mean, that argument crumbles pretty quickly when you keep in mind that, like, humans other than Adam and Eve existed. Yeah. Well, they you, weren't named. It wasn't specified that they were made, but they're there. So, I mean, just using the logic of it wasn't included within Scripture specifically means it can't exist like that. No, that's no. Well, you said that, like, Scripture, and I agree with this, Scripture is a linear story of people on earth. Yeah. The the goal of Scripture is not to tell you where life is and isn't. The goal is to tell you where you can find life. Boom. Oh! Oh! Dude, that's spice. That's good. That's good, dude. (laughs) Solid. So life is life to God, right? God cares for life. So if there is life outside of this, and and so as it should be for us, and so if aliens do exist, we should treat them as we would treat each other with love and grace if they do exist and they came and, and existed. So if intelligent species do exist, then God would reveal himself to those intelligent species. God's grace is generous, like the Jew and the Gentile, the barbarian and the intelligent, the wise and the dumb. You know, his grace is so sufficient and so generous that his love would extend even to E.T. or Chewbacca if he exists. So here's a question that arises when we talk about intelligent beings that have probably, I'm going to assume, here's here's the thing that, that we start, start talking about when we talk about aliens, if aliens exist, is that if they are intelligent, then more than likely they have some form of free will that they are created in the image of God just as much as we are. Because I hate to tell you, but God doesn't have... God the Father does not have two eyes, two ears, and there's a white a white man with a big shiny beard sitting. You mean up he's there. not carpet Jesus? Nope, nope. Car- carpet Jesus is not is not God. Carpet Jesus is fake. So, created in the image of God is not the way that we look, but more on the way that we are as individuals. That we have a free will of thinking, that we have an acknowledgement of beauty, and that we have a purpose to worship and and to worship God. So that's that's our purpose. So if there is intelligent life out there that they are like us, then they have a free will. They have a free will to choose to do right and wrong. They have the ability to worship or to not worship. So the question, a big question, I think is the most important question to arise. So what about their salvation? So what about their salvation? The center focal point is all around the salvation of around Christ. No, it's all about how much chocolate they bring. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you guys are going to get that after this goes live. When Tanner puts it in the Facebook group, I'm going to like immediately put this video. And if you don't listen to this before you see the video, it's not going to make sense. But if you watched it before, now it kind of does. You're laughing because um, it's a yeah. funny joke. <laughs> yeah. No, it depends on them how much chocolate they bring in. Yep. Yep. It's got to be the best. If yep. it's not the best chocolate, then it's sorry. Jesus didn't bring enough chocolate. That's why he was crucified. <laughs> He's going to wait till next year. Don't give him that Hershey crap. <laughs> so, Linder or bust. The center focal point of Christianity is the incarnation of Christ. And you see this all repetition through the story of Christ from Genesis to Revelation. So would Christ incarnate himself to those species too, or is the incarnation unique to earth? I don't think there's any direct scriptural backing to saying that it is tied to earth. Yeah. All see here. It's here, tied to life. Yeah. 
here's the thing. I think here's where we get really hypothetical because all this is is hypothetical when it comes to talking to aliens. But it's good to talk about it because we're talking about the incarnation of Christ and the reality of it to us now. Well, and a lot of, we, as we've already mentioned, a lot of people will try to use this as a way to disprove Christ anyway. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's easy, it, not easy, it's important to talk about because as I am all well too familiar well, it is important to know things that may not matter. <laughs> Such as the mark of the beast. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is going to be part of the 10 question quiz that Jesus gives you at the pearly gates. That's Peter, bro. He's, he's the Such one that's... Such as speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. You yep. got to speak yep. in tongues. That, that's, that's like the, the closing essay. Uh-huh. And if, you got to make sure that you uh, use the KG, King James Version over the ESV. Well, that's the 11. ticket. Oh, that, that's the ticket. That's the ticket that's the that ticket. you exchange for the test. So here's four possibilities for with the soteriology of aliens through the salvation theology of aliens. So there's four possibilities, and we'll, I, I think they're kind of interesting. So the first one is aliens are not fallen. If, if this is taking the assumption, the presumption that aliens do exist. So aliens, they did never have a fall. They never sinned against God. And they have no need for redemption. So that's a possibility of a salvation of a certain species out of this. And C.S. Lewis, in his space trilogy, uh, quote, I mean, let's just make mention that C.S. Lewis is probably one of my favorite writers, you know, Chronicles of Narnia and, and The Problem of Pain and Mere Christianity. But he wrote a space trilogy that's kind of lesser well-known in the Christian community because it's space and it's just weird. But space in the space trilogy, he makes mention that this line that the people of Mars and Venus know God but haven't succumbed to sin like people on Earth have. So if aliens exist, there could be a possibility that for them being redeemed is that they never have sinned against him. And this is assuming that we're not talking about angels because if we saw an angel here on earth that wasn't like in human form, we would automatically say alien. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to say, Ooh, angel. Yep. <laughs> so, and here's one thing too, to take in consideration. One of the great uh, theologians slash mathematician uh, in, in, uh, I think he's in Cambridge, uh, John Lennox. He says, yes, I believe in extraterrestrial life forms. They're called angels and demons. So, I mean, that's a possibility too, that the, the extraterrestrial that we're seeing could be talking about I think this is just in support of his claim of shooting stars and UFOs. And <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. So the second possibility is that aliens are fallen. They have sinned against God. And they have their own relationship with God that is different than ours. Yeah, chocolate, bro. Chocolate. Okay. So... We already know. <laughs> and this is one thing that I, I, I kind of point out. Could this be similar to the angels in Scripture? Is that, you know, that... Certain angels, a third of heaven fell and sinned against God, but the relationship with God is different because Christ didn't come to save them but came to save us. But how come there's good angels and bad angels, you know, demons and angels? How does that work? I don't know. To be honest, like Mason said, it doesn't pertain to me, so I really don't care. But it's just interesting to how, like, how does God's grace work for, cert for certain said individuals that, like, angels and demons or aliens, per se, in this case? Repeat the question. Well, it's not a question. It was just a statement of oh, saying. I thought you were looking as though no, I needed to I, I answer. Looking, I was, I was like, looking I, for just comments. Any comments? They know how I feel. What? Coming unprepared. You're just trying to feed off of stuff, and then you're listening, and you're like, how do I look at that? And then you notice somebody looking at you like you're going to say something. You're like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Let it be known. Matthew is the slacker this week. Matthew is the slacker this week. Not on accident. I this, have Yes, it, it's, it's completely on purpose because Tanner asked me specifically to make some notes on a couple of these things because I've 
heard a couple of this, looked into a little bit of it. Yeah, this is an area that y'all two actually have like some already existent background in studying for fun. I, oh, you best believe. And I next don't. episode, book. Yeah, I, I, I got a lot to say about next next one. I mean, hey, it took this long for us to get to an episode that like just is not remotely in my wheelhouse. So I'm kind of proud of myself for making it this far. So I, I, I like this stuff, and I know this, none of this stuff that we're talking about right now is going to be in the cut. But like to me, you don't know that. So the third possibility when it comes to salvation of aliens uh, is that aliens are fallen. They have sinned against God, but included in Christ's redemptive work on earth. So here, here's where I lie. This is where if aliens do exist, this is where the possibility that I think that this is the, the reality of the redemption of certain said aliens is that the resurrection of Christ and his death and resurrection of sin, uh, conquering of sin, had a cosmic implications and redemptive power through all of creation. So basically, the power of Christ coming here on earth and redeeming us also made a cosmic uh, wave or wake upon all of reality, of all the universe. So in Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, it implicates this. It says that, And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. So that's basically saying all of creation is redeemed or can be redeemed through the blood of Christ. And to me, that shows that that includes aliens too. Uh, but the but Christ only needed to die once for all of creation. And uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 10, But death, he died. He died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And so Jesus, the, the, the possibility, if aliens do exist, is that Jesus came to die once and once for all of creation, and it was here on earth, and we had the special privilege of Killing him <laughs> 2,000 years ago. So that's the third possibility. Any comments? I mean, I, I agree with the concept. Like, like, to say that aliens aren't saved because they're not on Earth is to cheapen the power of the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. I mean, simple as that. Like, that, that's, that is the debate right there. Like, to say anything less than if aliens existed they could be saved is to deny the power of the crucifixion. I mean, that's, that's my stance. The fourth and final stance that, uh, that you can see within, you know, a theological philosophical conversation upon this is that aliens are fallen, but Christ incarnation and redemptive work are repeated on other worlds, which to me is kind of weird. I'm not yeah, sure if I that, agree with that. That goes one. back to cheapening it. Like why would he have to do it multiple times? Like yeah. that, I mean, that takes away, half the power behind the crucifixion, the fact that it, it was it was one death, it was one resurrection, like that was the point. He's so perfect, it's only got to be done once, as opposed to like sacrifices that had to be done on a regular basis. Yeah, why, why so. would he have to be sacrificed multiple times to cover multiple people's sins when exactly. he, here on this planet is that he sacrificed once. That's to him, that implies that there's like a distance coverage of his redemptive grace. Yeah, <laughs> it only reaches like... Ten light years, yeah, and then it can't reach no more. There's some sinners on Jupiter that are like, oh, man, Jesus is out of our signal range. Yeah. Hope he comes over here. <laughs> we'll, we'll make his death a lot less painful. Yeah, I, I promise. We, we'll put chocolate in that vinegar and make it a little bit sweeter. <laughs> we'll just be a quick stab to the throat. We'll make it easy. So those that argue this would say that if aliens were invited into a relationship with God, yet chose to sin, God would show his redemptive love in the same way 
he showed us. And so it's basically the same redemptive grace as he would. It's the same ability. as It's not something different, but yet maybe done differently. It may have been like the Jehovah's Witness say he was crucified on a stake instead of a cross. Uh, just want to point that out. That's just weird, too. That's just a, a, a bad interpretation of Scripture and their little distortion of that. No offense to Jehovah's Witnesses. If you're listening, I hope you become a Christian. Um, <laughs> nice. Was that too spicy? I approve. So those are probably the four, four stances. If aliens do exist, then God's grace is not insufficient to cover them. They, he is completely sufficient to cover a multitude of sins, even the sins of the universe, if intelligent life forms do exist. So this is where, if the question, and here's to you guys and to all you listeners elect, if someone approaches to you, man, if aliens exist, wouldn't that destroy your God? You have the every right to say, nope, it definitely wouldn't. I mean, God made Jupiter. Why couldn't he make people on it? I know, right? Sure. Right? I mean, Saturn, people are on those rings, bro, skating along. Pluto, there's some people out there that are like, wait, are we a planet or what? Yeah, they're they're exiled. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the lepers. lepers. <laughs> they're the lepers of the solar system community. <laughs> Poor Pluto. We That's hardly amazing. knew ye. Is it even a planet right now? It's a dwarf right now. It's a, oh, it's so it's not a planet right now. It's a dwarf planet. Oh, it's a dwarf planet. Oh, they put an asterisk next to planet, jerks. Yeah. I Pluto. think there's... It made either five or six dwarf planets within our solar system. So, technology... As we've, you know, been mentioning or going to, however this gets thrown in there, uh, the implants and stuff like that being evil and stuff. Well, there's also a little bit more with that. First, we have the internet, and just kind of like how oh, when Google came around, Google's tracking us. You can't say anything to your phones because they're listening, which they are. They I mean, probably are. They are. They that's are. True. That's objectively have true. Have we that's not? Okay, but anyway, <laughs> you know. Birds are not real. They're just spy planes. First off, what is that? Is that the thing? Because I mean, I've seen the memes or whatever it is. I've seen the memes. Bird, birds do not exist. Is that what it is? Is yeah. that they're just basically drones? Government drones, man. That's why we went on quarantine because they had to recharge all the birds. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> but, the bird flu. Um, so first we have the internet, obviously, and just kind of reaching with like how does the internet go with the Bible and things like this, and we've talked talking about end times and stuff like that, um, it made me break up the Great Commission, or it's mentioned in a couple other places. What I got scripture from was Matthew 24, 12, mm -hmm. and it's talking about all nations will hear. Well, that becomes a whole lot easier with the Internet. And because of that, people are like, oh, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Have your beliefs as you will. Mine will stay unnoted as the current time is but the internet being able to reach all people you know you have the blogs you have podcast yeah you know <laughs> which is, i mean i think is a great witnessing thing i mean and not only a, not only a witnessing tool but also a great ministry that can help people so google translate is another tool too yeah and here we are talking i don't know if we still are now but we were talking to two people from australia that we probably would have never met if it was not for the internet yeah. and this podcast so how the internet's used within the church and biblically, it's very good, I think. I mean, because we talk about the live streams of church services. 
well, when all this, you know, pandemic was really at its peak and all everything was shut down, people were at home, people were able to still gather or with others, you know, whether that be physically or not, you were still able to watch your church service through a screen. While that is not the same, I still believe it's better than sitting at home watching the news <laughs> or doing whatever you want to do. Sitting at home and just, you know, going out on the lake or whatever it is. The internet is allowing us to reach other people. Mm -hmm. Also, I was spending a lot of time, well, I say a lot of time. I've done all my notes 15 minutes before this episode. <laughs> um, and I, I could have swore I knew there was a verse for this, but maybe not. But I have heard, at the very least, from people uh, talking about how everyone will see, like when Christ comes back and stuff like that. And I know there is something like that, talking about the light coming from the east flashing all the way to the west and other things like that. But talking about the Internet, being able for the whole world to be able to see one event at the same time. Jesus is going to be on TikTok. Is that where this is going? Yes. Dude, no, not yes. Really. <laughs> That's what it is. But live stream, we are able to tune in to something in China and see it as it's happening. You know, maybe a couple second delay, but more or less, you're seeing it. So you're saying like that all the world will see will be a literal interpretation that it'll be a live stream? Jesus is live streaming his return? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he's going on Twitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. See, I, see, I take that as like, I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so what I'm saying is, you know, people talking about, oh, how everyone's going to see. Well, that becomes a whole lot easier when there is such thing as live streaming. Like, I can go home 35 miles away from you guys here. In, well, not from Matthew. Matthew's just like five miles away from me. But I can get on my phone, start a Facebook Live or in this Facebook Live podcast right now. And anybody who's in that group, which are several miles away from us, a lot of them are. They can see exactly what we're doing, what we're saying, hear what we're saying right now. So you're speaking kingdom language right there. Because when people say, well, Jesus isn't on earth anymore, I was like, well, crap, he ain't. His mm -hmm. feet and his hands are. Mm -hmm. We are. And so if that's reality, his mouth is too via live stream. And so all the world will hear his name and will be dumbfounded by his speech. Guess what? Live stream. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. So when you're talking about, and when, when, I think that, that's just that image of Jesus returning. It's like, make sure you turn in at 6 o'clock Eastern time, and Jesus will return on our live stream. I'm just saying Jesus popping up on the screen like, smash like, hit that subscribe <laughs> button, and make sure you hit that bell icon so you don't miss a single salvation. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. All the buzzers uh, in the background. Man. Or it's just like church when the countdown comes down. End times in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it starts counting down. But anyway, no, like, seriously, though, um, being able to see everything at one time. So, if, you know, end-time events were to come on and, you know, have your beliefs with them as you will. People are going to be able to see that a whole lot easier than they would have 2,000 years ago. We didn't know the Americas was here, as we've mentioned. We didn't know, you know, anything like that was here. But now, as far as we know, we've covered just about the whole land of the earth just yeah. about it <laughs> there's atlantis exists underneath the, the yeah. oceans so. yeah that's in like the marianas trench we haven't gotten that far yeah. once we get jesus like to them boom he's coming back 
I mean, what's the uh, the verse that talks about, you know, that Jesus will tarry until all nations will hear his name? Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So yeah. it's like, so, I mean, have yeah, we... Yeah, I believe that's the Matthew 24. So if that's the case, then, you know, is that something that we look forward to? I've even heard people say, man, I hope there's some unreached nations because I don't want the Lord to return. Like, are you crazy? Like, what, what kind of sensical, mature Christian would ever say that? Uh, nobody. Man, I've got more Devin Townsend to listen to before I die. Come on. Oh, yeah. Well, I know this. I mean, I know that one of the things when I was in high school, I was like, Lord, please don't come back before I get married. Oh, Lord, I want to have sex so bad. It was one of those things like, gosh, I got to have kids before the Lord comes back. But I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Minus the kids. Kids out of here. Well, there's going to be kids in heaven, bro. I mean, I tell you. Doesn't mean I have to be around. (laughs) Okay, anyway. I'll be hanging out with Paul. Listen to these married people and their do we, kids. Do we like hanging out with kids? By no means. By no means. And then there's Jesus just racing people. The other the other disciple, the one who outran the children. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. My last point, though, uh, for the technology, just have two simple ones, is kind of like uh, going back to the implants and other things like that, Mark of the Beast or whatever. Technology is evil, and I mean this saying, oh, our newsletter and our, um, not advertisements, announcements are on a TV screen or put on a projector, um, on a, you know, the big, the big white projector screen that can scroll up and down on its own with a little remote we've got tv screens up we've got drums oh my goodness we've got electric drums drums. we've got an electric guitar you know we've got all of these five string electric bass yeah we're gonna get a sub you know it's just you know all of this all of this technology and stuff or there's some churches i go to that they'll have some colored lights put up in the corners to give the you know the building a little bit more ambiance and stuff yeah like that. just more, like it more vibrant more welcoming and stuff like that and they're like we can't have that you know you're just putting on a laser show for christ you know this is all fake you know, you can't have that technology you got to go back to singing the old hymns and i you know where in the scriptures does it say that jesus doesn't like light shows i mean he did make light i mean i'm pretty sure that was a light <laughs> show on the mountain transfiguration you know and on mount carmel the sand but I don't know if I'm just trying to dog. I'm not really trying to dog anybody, but am I just am I pointing fingers at traditionalists that just like oh no? I say let's dog on traditionalists. I'm I'm always on board for that. But I mean, are we just so caught up in doing things the way they've always done that we just can't advance? Yeah. And just just because we play different instruments than an acoustic guitar that's not plugged in and a piano doesn't make us a sinner. I'm sorry to the. Other denominations, I may believe so. <laughs> well, I think Jonathan Lockler said it on one episode years ago. I mean, when we when we, did, when we first did this, if I said years ago, it feels like we've been doing this for a while. Uh, but he made a comment. He said, sometimes we need to put our preferences aside. Sometimes we need to put our personal preferences aside. And I think a lot of times that even though there are some good hymns, there's a lot of bad hymns, even though there's a lot of good conservative worship out there, there's a lot of bad conservative worship. Mm-hmm. Even though you can have lights and stuff like that, and even though you can have projector screens, 
But when the focus is away from God, then that's when I become, I think it becomes sinful. But yet technology in itself is not sinful. It's how you use that technology. The same thing goes with what we talked about in, in the last episode. Tattoos are not sinful in nature. It's all how you present them or how you use them or why you get them. It's not the subject, but it's the subject matter. Does that make sense? The matter of the subject. Yeah, it's not the subject, but it's the matter of the subject. There we go. Um, but it, it just amazes me how, like, some preachers could, like, of a small church or whatever in our area could come into our church. And, I mean, th- there has been certain people that has come into our church and said some, some of these things that just, I can't believe you have TVs out in the foyer. That run- I can't believe you came in here in a car. Walk home. <laughs> yeah. Where's Wait, your carriage your and horse? Air conditioning? Get that crap out of here. That What? Like, where do you draw the line? Like, if know. TVs are bad... Why are you okay with being in a car? Why are you okay with air conditioning? Why are you okay with having a phone? I wonder if the assumption of like church should be so holy that we should not have any of this profane technology that like this should be a different place than my home. I'm like, so we're signifying that church is a building? Yeah, I don't know. And the fact that we project the Bible, Scripture, on our screen. Yeah. Please, please enlighten me how that's a bad thing. That we are showing the word of God to our congregation. <laughs> I think a lot of it, it goes down to fear. I think fear of not understanding the present culture that that they're raised, that now they're presently in versus what they were raised in. And I think that because of fear, you automatically reject it. Yeah. Which, I mean, and you referenced when Lockler said this already, but like preferences, I mean, got no problem with that. I mean, I know a lot, a lot of people, especially considering that we live in the buckle of the Bible belt, that are genuinely more comfortable studying off the King James Version. Like, if that's what you're raised in and you can read that and get something from it, then, I mean, all the power to you. It's just when you start interfering with other people's Christian walks that that's going to become an issue, a stumbling block, if you will. And that's the same thing we were talking about uh, earlier, is that God's grace is not so weak to say, I cannot reach people that have laser lights or have TV screens in their foyer or have a projector screen in their sanctuary. God's grace is God's grace is God's grace. God, <laughs> he's cooking chicken. God's grace is not so weak uh, to not uh, save people through that. It just blows my mind. I had to bring it up. Just technology, man. Like technology. It's twenty twenty one. Just get it's over okay. it. I mean, it's like, it's, it's re- okay to it's, have a smartphone. It's not evil. I mean, just. Don't, well, don't say some stuff you don't want ads popping up for on your phone. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know two people that have flip phones. Wow, this sounds really bad. Like, how can I function getting emails and stuff like that on a flip phone? Can you get emails on a flip phone? No. No? Well, I mean, you can, but it's a very, 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 very cumbersome process. Like, mobile internet was a thing before, like, smartphones started hitting shelves. It was just, it wasn't worth trying. Because, well, for one, it was only 3G at the time. So it took a million Nokia years for stuff brick. to work. Was Nokia's? I respect that so much. Like that, that's just awesome to me. Like I wish personally that like I had that kind of self discipline that like I would be able to function like that. But like I know I wouldn't, and I don't even use a phone as much as like the average person my age does. Like really, my phone is just an MP3 player. Like I don't have social media. Yeah. Like I don't really get on the Facebook's internet. Facebook's not our Facebook. Matthew's not even in our Facebook group. No. Like I'm. He doesn't even have a Facebook. Yeah, I know. No. Like I'm the top. Like if I want to do something on the internet, like I'll do it on a desktop. Like yeah. I don't. I try not to use my phone for that kind of stuff. But even I, 
with the limited use compared to most that like I use a phone. Like I could not imagine not having a phone capable of that stuff. Like that, that takes another kind of strength. And I respect that. Cause the thing is, if you're not wasting your time doing that stuff on your phone, like that's telling me you are one of the most productive people Probably. on earth. You're not, like, you're not wasting you your time. You're not, you're not wasting your time. time, but you can waste your time by emailing us and, <laughs> and looking at our Facebook page and our Instagram and, I think we even have a Twitter, but yeah, it's very non-active. I'm more we're more we're more active on the Facebook and Instagram than anything else. Send us a letter at yes. <laughs> like, we find us in all this technology that I don't use. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been cross training. We'll see you next fortnight with a, some slightly more serious conversation. Spicy but I'm sure we'll, stuff. Oh, I'm coming loaded. We'll, we'll still laugh. We'll still have laughs. But until oh, then, Tanner. heads up for when oh. I call this man. Oh, a heretic. It's all out of jokes and love. Because I know what's going to happen. So here's my warning. I'm going to give a warning at the beginning of next episode because he's probably going to do the same for me at least once. I love you, brother. I love you, too. I look forward to it. Now, Tanner, give us those magic words. Peace out.